Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast, brought to you by Cooper Tires and the Justice Brothers. We have about a 10-minute episode for you with McLaren Racing CEO Zach Brown. He's here in Long Beach, not only racing his vintage Mustang IMSA GTO machine, which is all kinds of awesome, but sat down and did a little bit of catching up. So that's why I figured we'd call this a catching up with episode of Zach Brown on the McLaren team's IndyCar program, getting ready to do the Indy Open Test on April 24th, and then head into the month of May where Fernando Alonso will indeed go after his first victory at the 500, driving the number 66 McLaren Racing Chevrolet. So coming off of a test that he just did, not only a shakedown with the car, the primary chassis that he will be using, uh, just try to get into a little bit of the engineering and setup stuff as well. Play with the car, tweak, find some speed at Texas Motor Speedway, the big high banks there. Team completed 105 laps, which is pretty darn good. Got to know and work with race engineer Andy Brown, crew chief Anton Julian, just a, a whole range of folks that are coming together for the first time. So, Zach, where we start off with in the recording is talking about pivoting out of Texas, where new team, new faces in many ways, not everybody by any means, there's some uh, long-standing McLaren personnel that are in charge there, Bob Fernley being one of them, but looking at how you're bringing this new operation together, everyone figuring out working styles, procedures and such, shaking down a new car, Fernando learning uh, this new chassis, uh, this new aero kit, universal aero kit, which he did not have on his debut in 2017. So new aero, first time on the high banks, uh, which is very daunting. Uh, he seemed to handle it with ease. So a lot of things coming out of Texas, which frankly, they've got about two weeks now to then take everything they learned and transfer that into meaningful things that they can work from at IMS for this one day pre-Indy 500 test. So that's where we start off, get into a couple of interesting topics. And then one of the good things about Zach is he's also just very open and enjoys sharing the process and such. So I know we'll be speaking with him more as we get into the month of May. Hope to sit down with Gilles DeFerrin, do something similar with him. And yeah, just bring this really cool experience forward. Also looking at how the team, Zach has said there just today elsewhere that they're looking at 2020 possibly as full-time for IndyCar, maybe 2021, said they'll be making that decision sometime around the summer. So rather than repose that question to him and have him answer that here, figured I would just present that up front. So had about 10 minutes or so with him before he had to go into a larger press conference. And so that's what you have here on the Marshall Pruitt Podcast brought to you by Cooper Tires and the Justice Brothers. So knowing, Zach, that you have a limited amount of time to go from digesting everything out of Texas to wanting to show up at Indy and not have it feel like another day of just learning and procedure, but actual effective work, how do you accomplish that? Uh, well, one, I think learning and procedure is effective work. So I don't think we'll roll off the trailer at Indianapolis and be straight up, straight into optimizing performance. Uh, I think you need to validate what we learned in Texas that that first day in Indianapolis and make sure the changes that you made uh, worked. Um, you know, you want to try and get the entire list done. So you do prioritize them as, as order of importance, but I don't think they're, they wouldn't be on the list if they weren't important. Um, 
you know, we built one car in, in England back at our factory and uh, one in America. So we ultimately at some point need to get both of them on the track and shake down uh, the other car. Um, whether we do that on, on the 24th or not, I'm, uh, I'm not sure yet. Uh, sure. I haven't seen a, a final run plan. And then I think it's all about uh, incremental gains and, in, in, you know, the two most important days are going to be qualifying in the race. And so I think uh, the 24th is about, uh, you know, team will only be the second time the team's been together uh, on track. So it's just about creeping up on it. I think if you try and go too fast, too quickly, um, and I don't mean that just on track, sure, but sure, just sure. in general, uh, that's when you get yourself in trouble. You got to have massive uh, respect for uh, Indianapolis. So I think we'll be uh, head down just trying to advance uh, every session. Have you seen an engine, that person internally, emerge yet in this very young and new IndyCar program as a real driving force? Whether it could be Bob, could be you, could be Fernando, could be multiple people, but at some point in time, you start to see someone who's pushing, pulling, just uniting that real spark. Has that person emerged? Um, well, you know, I want to give all the guys uh, credit because they've all done a, a great job uh, and they all have different roles. But if I uh, were to pick someone out who's making a big contribution that um, wasn't with us at the start, as uh, a gentleman named Mark Grain. Mm. Uh, who, who's going to be the team manager. He's been at McLaren for quite some time and ultimately responsible for the, the build of uh, the Formula One car. And now that the car is built, um, he came to see me and said, you know, I've done Le Mans. I've done Formula One. I love it. I've never done IndyCar. So he had a real passion for wanting to go to the Speedway. And um, he, he's been an individual who's, you talk about that, that glue, you know, his, his job is to make sure everything kind of comes together. Uh, and he's doing an excellent job. And it's, uh, you know, anytime someone wants to do something because they're passionate about it, you know, he put his up, put up his hand and, you know, I want to take on more, I want to do more. Uh, those are the type of people you want on your race team. Got about 10 minutes or so left, Zach, before I need to uh, let you off to uh, another meeting. Bounce around a little bit. We saw the, the car's livery revealed. Obviously, we have the beautiful shade that those of us here in America uh, love from sports car era with the papaya orange and such. Beyond just the physical colors, the thing that made me most happy was seeing side pods and a lot of real estate filled with things that were real. Yep. Um, not saying that what was on the car in 2017 wasn't real, but there was a variety of initiatives. This is actual corporate yep. support. Tell me about that with an IndyCar program being brand new for you. That to me is a, I believe a pretty darn strong metric. Yeah. It's a very important data point is, you know, with, Coming to compete at Indy, we wanted to make sure we can be competitive uh, on track, but then also that it uh, fiscally, you know, is commercially, you know, good business. We're a, a, a racing team for uh, for profit. Uh, we don't necessarily uh, always make a profit, and that's not our motivating force, but we also don't want to uh, lose money. And uh, so we've got a, a great uh, group of partners on the car. And what I like is... Um, you know, as you referenced in 17, because we did it so late, uh, a lot of those partners were 
uh, real partners, but real partners on our Formula One program yep. that we wanted to uh, deliver because uh, we knew we weren't delivering in, in Formula One. These are uh, a group of, of companies that uh, are all supporting uh, very specifically our Indy 500 effort. And what I like about it is it's a mix of a couple of our Formula One partners uh, have come over, the, the Dell Technologies, the uh, BATs. Um, then we have some new partners uh, that are that are just new to McLaren, such as uh, MindMaze, and then some sponsors that are uh, in Formula, or I'm sorry, in IndyCar like AutoNation yeah. uh, that have joined. So I'm very pleased of the the mix of support that we've had, and it, um, you know, it's commercially been uh, successful, and certainly as we look to the future of IndyCar to be able to demonstrate um, that it's commercially viable is, is an important box to tick. So you and I have had this conversation many times as you have with many other journalists about McLaren future, full-time, all these things. Don't want to get into that because the horse has been dead for a while. <laughs> You've been very clear though, and this is where I think it might just be interesting in uh, connectedness to the commercial aspect, is you said, look, when our Formula One program is on the rise and getting there, then we can think about expansion. Don't know if there's been enough credit given to the commercial side as well. It's not as if you're just sitting there saying, how can we spend McLaren's money to play motor racing? Yeah. There has to be a, a real engagement on the commercial side mm-hmm. too. So whether the Formula One team is where it's at now or world champions, there still has to be a buy-in from those wanting to support an indie car, sports car, whatever program as well. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And um, you know, we need to make sure you know McLaren Racing is is kind of our brand building exercise for our great automotive and our technology uh, business. And in uh, Formula One, there's been many years that we've uh, been very profitable, and then. Uh, in more recent times where, where we've not, and then it and ebbs and flows. And so uh, we need to make sure when we take on other racing projects that uh, we can be competitive, that it doesn't distract Formula One, and um, that it's commercially viable. And so uh, Formula One now is uh, uh, turning a corner. I wouldn't say we've yet turned the corner. Uh, this weekend in, in China qualifying was disappointing. Uh, you know, Australia was pretty good. Uh, Brazil qualify or uh, sorry Bahrain qualifying was excellent so I think we've definitely made a a better a better race car um, we've got uh, most of the team uh, in place now Andreas Seidel being the last uh, individual uh, to, he's, he's going to be uh, a great team leader and so that that all is starting to feel good and now we're doing the Indy 500 let's see how we get on there and I would say things kind of the vision of where I'd like to see McLaren racing uh, go which is being in multiple forms of motorsport uh, is what I'd like to see uh, you know over the next five or ten years hopefully it won't be that long uh, um, before you see us uh, in IndyCar and uh, Le Mans and sports car racing is something where we have a great history in that uh, is very appealing to us, um, but kind of one uh, one step at a time. Start to wind down, Zach, on something that I know because I've had a couple of drivers say, hey, do you have a number or an email address for Zach? I think the greater public image of what McLaren has done recently with its involvement at Indianapolis has been Fernando Alonso. Fernando is, I mean, anything Fernando does is kind of the headline, but it's the first year it felt like a personal initiative that the McLaren team was facilitating. 
this year does not feel as much mm. obviously great choice for a driver by the yep, way but yep. this is a team-based initiative you just share with us you don't have to mention driver names but the fact that you have been receiving inquiries from other drivers who would love to be on a full-time mclaren indycar program yeah, if yeah. and when that happens that has to at least be encouraging to know you're, you're drawing interest and you're not even a full-time entrant yet. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, that's why I joined uh, McLaren. I think it's a, uh, uh, he just announced his comeback. Uh, <laughs> We've, I knew it Brown. Yeah. I, I always it. had an you're agenda. Com- you're completing. Uh, I can't that, fit that in an F1 car, but maybe an Indy car. Um, you know, it's an awesome racing team. And I think, uh, much like the red guys in the sport, uh, you know, growing up back when I was racing, who wouldn't have loved to drive for, you know, McLaren or, or Ferrari or Roger Penske. And um, so, yeah, we, we've had quite a bit of outreach from, um, you know, some big name drivers and, and, and not just drivers, but, you know, engineers and, and mechanics. So I think uh, that's the power of the McLaren uh, brand and uh, would like to think if we uh, uh, enter uh, IndyCar that will be able to attract, uh, you know, the two best drivers we, we can get and, and also put together a, a great racing team because while it'll certainly have some people um, that work at McLaren, uh, you know, it's going to have to be a blend of people that are very experienced and, and current in, in IndyCar. And so I think um, you know, we should be able to attract some good talent. And that was our man, Zach Brown. I thought we were going to be able to confirm he's going to be one of the two drivers knowing that he did have a fairly successful career as a young open-wheel driver back when the two of us were skinnier lads in the 1990s, but no luck there. Anyways, thanks to Zach. Thanks to McLaren's Tim Bampton for setting some time aside for us uh, to have a dedicated podcast, knowing that Zach is here doing uh, some bigger media functions and whatnot. So great of them to carve out some time for a podcast. And Zach has always been very generous and a really frequent supporter of what we are doing here for you all. So, all right, with that said, I'm Marshall Pruitt. This is a Marshall Pruitt podcast brought to you by Cooper Tires and the Justice Brothers. Thank you for listening.